I wanted to go in or which topic I wanted to focus on. And as I was teaching this evening, it kind of hit me. I was like, okay, that's going to be it. So you guys are going to get a little voice lesson snippet from me. So this subject is something that what I'm about to talk about is, is a subject that all of my students get within the first like month, month and a half of lessons. They all kind of hear this like little speech from me, this explanation. Um, so all, m most of my students come to me either wanting to be more powerful and louder in their voice or trying to do that on their own and it not being a healthy vocal production. Um, so our vocal cords, and I like gonna get into some just vocal anatomy for you. Our vocal cords are muscles and those muscles can contract and expand just like any of our other muscles. They they work like our other muscles. And so they can get tight, they can get sore, they can be loose. That's why singers warm up before they sing, just like an athlete would warm up and stretch before they play. Singers warm up their vocal cords so that they're, they make a vocal healthy production. Um, so when our vocal cords are tight, um, that means we've got a lot of extra breath moving through. We're pushing a lot from our abs. Our abs are getting too involved. We've got too much breath moving through so that the vocal cords aren't vibrating as much as they should. What makes a vocal cord work is the breath moving through them and literally moving it and vibrating it. And the vibration is what makes the sound. When there's too much breath, when there's too much force in it, it can't move and vibrate like it should function. I tell all my students to um, make a fist. And if you guys want to do this with me, you can. But I tell my students to make a fist. And then I tell them to clench that fist. Try to roll your wrist. It's possible, but it's kind of, it's hard. It's tense. It might be a little painful. Now, make a fist and just roll your wrist. So much easier, right? Our brains, our muscles know what they're supposed to do. But sometimes our brains get in the way and make that process a lot harder. So my vocal students, when they come in and they're like, I want to be loud, I'm going to try, I'm going to be really forceful, all they're doing is hindering the natural vocal process that will make them louder, that will make them sound better when they try to force that on. And sometimes we do that as Christians. We try to make things happen our way. We try to make things happen when we want it. We're forcing what we want and what we want might be God's will, but when we're forcing it, that natural process, that God's will process is being hindered. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're going to take our text from John 11 and we're going to read 1 through 44. And then kind of break this down. This may not seem like it goes, but it does, I promise. All right. And I'm just going to start at verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. 
It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews have sought to stone you, and you are the going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake, may wake him. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking of taking a rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, go, let us go unto him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow's disciples, Let us go, that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he, was already, he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the re resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she said these things, she went away and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose and quickly came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha had met him. Then the Jews were then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. 
Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and that I know that you will always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, this, by I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. So in the process of my students learning how to let go of control, and I say it as, I phrase it like that. I said, let go of control of your voice so that your voice can do what it's built to do. In that process, there's a lot of back and forth fighting in their singing for quite some time until they learn how to completely release. They, and I tell them, you might hear more vocal breaks. You might hear cracks in your voice. You might squeak because there's a physical battle happening between your brain and what your brain wants to do and what your vocal cords are meant to do. So in that process, if you lean in and listen to my studio room, you might hear some vocal cracks. But after the vocal crack, right after, if you keep going, if you don't stop yourself singing, and I have to tell my students, don't stop. The moment after the vocal crack is the usually the best sounding voice that they can produce. Because the moment after that vocal break happens, the voice is the, at its freest. And that's the best production of sound. Jesus knew that Lazarus was sick. Mary and Martha were like, Lord, come, come pray for him. They wanted him to come in their time. They didn't want Lazarus to die, right? Nobody would want that. So they, were, they wanted Jesus to come when they asked him. But Jesus waited. He didn't come right away. Um, verse 4 says, <coughs> Jesus says, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus knew that if he went and healed Lazarus, yeah, it would be a miracle, but it wouldn't be a miracle at its full potential. Yeah, my students can sing when they're pushing and using force, but it's not the best sound they can make. Jesus knew what would happen if he waited, um, and it wasn't for the glory of, and it wasn't for Lazarus, it wasn't just to heal Lazarus, it was to glorify God <coughs> by doing something even greater than just healing him. The fact that Lazarus had died and was brought back to 
brought back to life was a greater accomplishment and a greater pointing to God than just healing him. So sometimes God allows us to go through things, some tough things, so that his glory can be shown through those trials. Um, I feel like somebody recently talked about that. It might have been Jared. Somebody recently talked about this, but I, I feel like it's something that we need to talk about more often because everybody's going through something at all times. There's no single second where nobody is going through something difficult. So I just feel like it's something that we need to talk about and, and, and encourage each other in often. And it's not that God makes these things happen. He's not like, I'm going to like make this bad thing happen to so-and-so so that I can do that. But he uses these trials so that the ending product can be even more special. Um, and verse 14 we're just going to break this down. It's a short lesson tonight, but we're just going to break this passage down a little bit. Verse 14, Jesus flatly says, because they weren't getting it. I've been reading through the Gospels lately, <coughs> and I really like to do that because, one, it learning more about Jesus helps us learn more about who God is because Jesus is God. And so because Jesus is in human form, learning about him really helps our brains wrap around what it can, who God is. But also I'm, I'm just like, man, the disciples are so dim-witted sometimes. They, <laughs> thank you, they sit there and watch all these miracles and still say, Jesus, but what, what do we do? How are we going to feed these people? And it's just like, have you, did you not see the last time that I fed these people? Like, I don't know. I just enjoy going back and saying, oh, I'm not always, I'm, sometimes I can be the disciples and be kind of dim-witted too. And it's, it's encouraging to know that they, they question things, not question things, but they had worries and doubts and were, didn't always understand things. Um, but verse 14, plainly, Jesus plainly says to them, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. At first glance, it looks like Jesus is being kind of blunt with them, which sometimes he has to be because, again, they can be, they were a little, not the brightest sometimes. Um, but it, I just think it's funny. I just... I read it like a story, and I just think they're hilarious. Um, Jesus literally says he was glad he was not there. He was glad that Lazarus, and it wasn't that he wasn't glad that Lazarus died, but he says, I'm glad I wasn't there to do the healing because what I'm about to do will strengthen your faith even more so. So, again, the disciples had a history of being doubtful, even though they saw all these miracles work. And we do too. We have things that we can look back in life and be like, that was definitely God. 
God brought me through that. God gave me that thing I wanted. God answered that prayer. But then we turn around and and there's this one thing that he hasn't answered yet. And you're like, oh man. And so sometimes we can be like the disciples and lose our faith a little bit. So each of these trials that we go through strengthens our faith even more. Each vocal break that my students have takes them one step closer to having a freer, fuller sound. Um, Going down to verse 21. Martha. Oh, I missed it. Sorry. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So Martha's kind of showing she had this faith, but it wasn't quite strong enough yet to believe that God could bring him from the dead. She said, God, Lord, I know if you would have been here, you could have healed him. That was her faith. If you had shown up, you could have healed him. And I know that God listens to you. And so I just wish you would have been here is what Martha is saying. And then later, Mary, or he says, your brother will rise again. And she's like, yeah, I know. I have faith that he will in the resurrection day. So again, she had that faith. She was there, but she wasn't quite to the level where Jesus was trying to bring everybody. Um, Mary says the same thing later on in uh, verse 32. She says the exact same thing. Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. And she, she wept and Jesus saw her weeping and he felt for her. Jesus knows what he's about to do. And here's, here's where I really, really like feel it. Jesus knows what he's about to do. He knows he's about to answer this prayer and raise Lazarus from the dead. Um, he knows that Lazarus is, Lazarus is not dead forever, but he still is moved by their sadness. He still feels that in verse 30. Where'd it go? Oh, 33, right after that. Um, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. When he, when he saw the tomb, Jesus still wept. Jesus still felt that emotion of his, he was close, Lazarus was his friend. He was close to him. He still had that human emotion of my friend just passed away and I wasn't there. Even though he knew he was about to bring him back, he still felt that. And it's, it's a good reminder to know that when we are asking for something, when we're going through a trial, or when we're trying to make something happen or keep something from happening and it just doesn't seem to work with us doing it, God knows what he's about to do for us. But he, his heart still hurts for our pain. He still s recognizes and sees that we as his children 
are are hurting in that moment. And I think that's the Jesus wept verse 35 is one of the most powerful verses. It's only two words, but in the whole Bible, because again, going back to what I said about reading about Jesus helps us get to know God. Jesus wept for Lazarus, even though he knew he was going to be brought back. The Lord knows all the good things that he has in store for us after our strengths are, our faiths are strengthened through the trials, but he still weeps for us in our hurting. He still recognizes that, recognizes that and sees that. Um, so in our trying to control things, a lot of times we make the situation worse. Um, Mary and Martha and all of those people wanted Jesus to move right then and there. Well, the Pharisees and the other Jews were hanging around watching Jesus too. And Jesus knows this. And the disciples even said, Lord, why are you going back there? Because they threatened to stone you, <laughs> right? Why are you even going there? Maybe if Jesus had gone when Mary and Martha called them, called him, maybe he wouldn't have gotten to even perform the miracle because he would have been ran out of town by them or something else. So a lot of times when we try to force things, it makes it worse. When my students try to push, it hurts them vocally and they could create sores on their vocal cords, right? Um, when you're an athlete and you don't stretch or you don't warm up and you try to just run the 10 miles, you're probably going to injure yourself, right? Um, we get so used sometimes to having it good, to really feeling good and have being in control. And we get used to that, especially here. We forget sometimes that we need God. We're like, okay, we've got a house. We've got everything we want. Maybe we're going through this trial, but I can handle this. And we try to take it on ourselves. I'm going through this, but I'm going to try to fix it. Because I've been having it pretty good lately. I think I can handle this. But that frame of mind, we forget to turn around and worship God. God doesn't get the glory when we try to fix things. God would have gotten some glory if Jesus had healed Lazarus before he died, but it wouldn't been as great. So we forget to worship him and put him at the forefront of our lives when we try to take control, when we try to force. Jesus said that those who seek him will find him. And so we can't forget to seek him. We can't forget to look back and or look up and say, Lord, guide my direction. I'm letting go of this situation. I need you to guide it. Um, when we do that, when we let the Lord move on our behalf, the result is even greater. Um, and our faiths are strengthened. So examples of this is the woman with the issue of blood. She, her faith was strengthened because she's like, all I need to do is reach out and touch and God will handle the rest. 
the man at the stirring waters, he literally could not do anything for himself. And so his faith was strengthened because Jesus healed him. He couldn't do it. The blind man that was healed with spit and mud, the, uh, the centurion whose daughter had died, all of those miracles point back to Jesus. Each of those people could not have done it by themselves. And they, were, they came literally begging Jesus, I can't do this anymore. Come do it and God gets glorified. Lazarus was dead. He couldn't do anything for himself. Jesus raised him. So I just want to encourage you guys, again, this is just a short lesson, to let go of control and see what amazing things God will do when you do. How much freer can you sing when you just sing? How much peace can you have when you just focus on God? How much faith can you have when you see him raise the dead? Thank you.